Psalm 101, verses 6 and 7. My eyes will be on the faithful in the land, that they may dwell with me. He whose walk is blameless will minister to me. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Sometimes I wonder how the people in the Old Testament interpreted scriptures like this. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Were there actually people, you know, priests and otherwise, who believed that about themselves and thought they were qualified then to go into the temple? No, I don't think so. I think they understood that they sinned and they did speak falsely and they did have deceit and they had sin in their lives and they went through that ritual cleansing. And that's why they did the atoning sacrifices in the outer courts of the temple so that they could enter. We, of course, in the New Testament know that we can't enter God's presence. God cannot coexist with impurity. It's like oil and water. They can't be together. So what then does qualify us to be in his presence? Well, it's the perfect righteousness of Christ. If we don't have Jesus Christ indwelling us, we have no chance of approaching the throne of God, the presence of God. We would be um, eviscerated in his presence. So thank God for that atoning sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and for his indwelling presence so that we can be with God. We can be reconciled to God. We can be in relationship with God because of the atoning sacrifice of Christ. Do you think this is uh, sufficiently taught in church? And I'm not talking about the kids so much as I'm talking about the adults. Mm-hmm. You what mean the part experience? about being able to be in proximity to God only if there's been... Yeah, well, actually ad- ad- addressing uh, what the psalm says. I mean, no one who practices mm-hmm. uh, deceit can dwell in my house. Right. Now, that's obviously hyperbole. Uh, I think it's more about intention. In other words, mm-hmm. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying not to be deceitful, even if I end up deceiving. Uh, it's unlike the uh, friend in Psalm 55 who, uh, you know, has deceit. You know, it's you know coming out like you know butter from his mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, saying one thing but doing another. Um, I'm just kind of wondering if people, you know, I think in the church that you lead and and I'm a member of, uh, I do think there's a growing knowledge of what it means to, what it means to have a savior who gave himself for us, but it's complex. I mean, it, it runs against, you know, somebody dying for us. I mean, the Bible even says that. That's highly unusual. I mean, it's it's you know, it's not. It's it that, that kind of and and then who Jesus is. It's I don't know. I, I think the modern mind has a hard time with this because there's so much mm-hmm. to it, so much complexity. Yeah, definitely, and I think there's a. Um you know, the evangelical movement in in this country, in some ways, almost made the relationship with God too casual, where mm-hmm. people think they can just breeze into His presence. You know, because he's he's my dude, he's my guy. Jesus is my homeboy, and there is something cool about that because it it um, makes God more approachable. But if we lose the supreme holiness and otherness of God, 
then we miss a huge aspect of who he is. And we do need to be made right with him in order to be in his presence. And to me, reminding people of that is important because it, well, you can't describe that without explaining the cross. And so to me, it just heightens the need to uh, proclaim the gospel. You know, we don't just breeze into his presence. We need access. We need to be given access by the perfect obedience of Christ on our behalf. No, uh, uh, Gina um, gave a very, very good sermon uh, several weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she really was good at reinforcing the essential idea that she was articulating about the cross and about forgiveness and about redemption and all of these things that are big words, but a lot of people have no (laughs) clue. But it was hard... Uh, when listening to a sermon like that, it's hard not to actually have it uh, filter through your defenses uh, mm. as somebody listening to it. Of course, the real goal is to get people not only to listen, but to do, to actually work mm-hmm. within the framework of the biblical, the biblical narrative, um, which is so beautifully said at 2 Corinthians 5. Um I, I, I could probably recite it, but I can't right now. So, but it's 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 very important to understand that Christ died for you and for me, um, and it's it's very personal. And a lot of a lot of my impression of Christianity was, you know, everything's a little distant, and actually the truth is, it's very personal. Mm. 